Welcome to Puro Politics, the political podcast of San Antonio Express News. My name is Gilbert Garcia, Metro columnist, and I'm joined by Kerry Clack, columnist at editorial board. Metro editor, Greg Jefferson. Nancy Prayer-Johnson, deputy editorial board editor. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the District 1 and District 7 uh, City Council runoffs that happened last Saturday. And we're going to kind of give some early thoughts on what should be a really interesting 2025 uh, mayoral election. Uh, we've had some long, suspenseful election nights uh, in San Antonio over the years. Saturday night was not one of them. Um, we, I think the, the results were, were pretty clear uh, uh, when the early voting uh, totals came in a little bit after 7 p.m. And the result is that we're going to have two new members of, of city council, uh, both of them women. We're now going to have seven uh, women on city council out of 11, uh, which is, is, is remarkable. And... Um, in District One, we had this is the we had nine uh, city council incumbents, including the mayor, who were on the ballot in 2023. Eight of them won. The one exception was District One, which uh, covers downtown and the, the center city. And you had Mario Bravo after one term getting uh, voted out of office, uh, defeated by uh, education consultant Sukor. She won with about 59 percent in District Seven. Uh, we had Marina Aldarete Gavito defeating uh, Dan Rossiter, uh, about a 62-38 uh, margin. And I wanted to start with District 1, and this was, I think, the, uh, I think it's fair to say this was the more interesting uh, race, and uh, though the, the, it was not a close race in the end, I mean, it, it, it was surprising. If you, if, if you had asked any of us what was going to happen at the beginning of the year, it, we probably, probably wouldn't have anticipated this. Um, it's always hard beating a city council incumbent. Secor did it, you know, in, in pretty commanding fashion. Uh, Greg, when you look at what happened with Mario Bravo there and why she beat him, you know, what what stands out to you? Oh, I mean, just the fact that I mean, I think she was a strong candidate, and I think she ran like a really good campaign. But she wouldn't have won if he had <laughs> if he hadn't gotten if he hadn't been the subject of a no confidence vote because of his verbal assault of city councilwoman Anna Sandoval in September. I think that's where everything started. Mm -hmm. uh, he could have survived um, even given the controversy with construction and road projects around. You know close into to the downtown area. They've been taking forever. They've been hurting small businesses. And there's been an outcry uh, among those small business owners, particularly on the St. Mary's Strip. Um, I, I just, my, my gut tells me he could probably have survived that. Mm -hmm. uh, but that in combination with, you know, the confrontation, like the incident mm -hmm. in, in September with Councilwoman Sandoval, uh, sunk him. Um, and then to a lesser extent, you've got the controversy over the uh, Migrant Resource Center on San Pedro Avenue, which was in District 1, created a lot of friction mm -hmm. with neighbors. A lot of what was under underscoring that was how you feel about immigrants coming into San Antonio. Mm -hmm. I and mean, there are things, you know, uh, he was powerless to do anything about. I think a lot of neighbors were just upset that there was a Migrant Resource Center uh, close to where they live, but you know, and he talked about uh, trying to you know right. actually have it moved out of District One. Yeah. And um, but I, one of the things that that you you talked about the North St. Mary Strip construction. This was a project that began before he he, he right. was elected to City Council. Um, and 
I think in, you know, to, to be fair to him, there were construction problems that really didn't have too much to do with him, but he, maybe there was a poor communication from his office early mm -hmm. on. I think that's, that was what some, some people in the area said, but it sort of tied into frustration among, uh, business owners, uh, club owners, mm -hmm. there was some feeling that both with North, North St. Mary Strip and uh, other areas in the district that he would side with uh, uh, neighborhood associations if they complained about clubs, if they right. complained about uh, too much noise or parking issues or other other things. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was something that Santonio Current wrote about uh, recently where you had, uh, I think McIntyre's, they had a police raid, he said, on Twitter that he had, when people asked, he said his office had nothing to do with it. And ultimately he had, he had to admit that someone in his office had called the, the, the police and mm -hmm. in response to neighborhood complaints. Right. So that was a lot, there was a lot on social media about that. And I, I'm always reluctant to, to put too much weight on social media, but he was definitely getting a lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of criticism from, from mm -hmm. club owners. Uh, Nancy, what was, what do you think uh, what happened in that race? I, I blame it on downtown. I mean, I live downtown now. I yeah. live on Broadway. And um, I have to say, when I went to go vote on Saturday, I thought about about the mess on Broadway, <laughs> um, you know, and so that is something I kept in mind. I think, um, you know, one of the the biggest thing against Sook was the um, charter school sure. yeah. uh, connection, right? And what I say to that, and you know, my thinking too, and you know, I'm very pro public school, but I've I've worked at a charter school as mm -hmm. well yeah. back when I was a teacher. So only one year of my nine years as a teacher was at a charter school. Um, so. That is not the boogeyman right now yeah. in education. You know, it's it's private vouchers, sure. not charter yeah. schools. So, so that is a that's a hard yeah. argument to make against her. Um, she, you know, so she she was a great candidate, and obviously um, the voters decided that too. I think it it did to me um, come down to the construction and um, and just like the lack of urgency there. It seemed like mm -hmm. um, on Broadway, St. Mary's. I did see during campaigning that um, some of the clubs there on St. Mary's were campaigning for, for Sook mm -hmm. and, you know, having events and everything. And the flyers were all over the place. Um, and people were just frustrated. But you're right. I mean, as far as with the um, Homeowners Association and, um, you know, the noise, I know in, in our apartment, you know, the noise from the social spot is, wow. <laughs> I, I sleep with um, earplugs every night. <clears throat> um, so it's it's a hard thing to balance, right? The HOAs Absolutely. and um, and the business community. But um, but that's her job, and gonna, so we'll see how she does, right? I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to if you all will are okay with this. I'm going to vent a little bit on the charter school issue. I'm, I, I had some thoughts on that, but mm -hmm. Carrie, I wanted to kind of see what you thought about the District One race. See, I think it it comes down to the outbursts. I don't think the uh, the mm -hmm. construction work any of that matters. I mean, yes, some concern, but um, as you said, that was going on before he he got there. And, uh, I mean, we knew this was going to be an issue, the, the outburst. And mm -hmm. I think Sickle was the first, may have been the first, uh, candidate who filed for that, mm -hmm. yes, challenge yes, him. Yes, yeah. And, and, and she didn't really make it an issue, but it was like she didn't have to. She didn't her, have to. Her presence right. as yeah. the, as the only, as the only woman. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm fairly confident that if he had not had the outburst that, uh, first of all, I'm not even sure, and I don't think we asked her this when she came before the board twice, if she was going to run anyway, but I, I just don't, I think you take away the outburst, and I think 
Bravo joins his other colleagues in being reelected. The outburst was a really big deal for me, obviously. Um, and when we met with him and we, you know, obviously wrote about that as, as well. When Anna Sandoval left, though, um, to me, I'm like, well, obviously it showed a lot about his character. He did apologize and he did say he's getting help for that. Um, but to me, that kind of like a threat or that, you know, negative morale issue as well um, was removed when Anna was no longer there. It did seem like the other city council members were able to work together with him and get things accomplished mm -hmm. um, despite all of that. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of how I felt on that issue. If Anna would st was still in the city council, I, it would have been a completely different. Um, that would have been the top issue. It, one of the things that was interesting is how the uh, the the race divided the progressive community in District One, and you had some some hardcore progressives. I would put in the, maybe the Bernie Sanders uh, yeah. progressive camp yeah. who were who were very pro Mario, yeah. and and it was an odd thing because you know I I know of some who were very critical of council members who didn't support Prop A, you know the police yeah. reform proposition. And yet Mario took no stand on Prop A. Just like two years ago, he took no stand on Prop B, yeah. which was an a police reform effort. And, and Sook actually supported Prop A, although she, you know, she had some misgivings as the campaign went on. So it was, it, there were some odd oddities about this. Um, but I went to talk about the charter school thing. And I'm glad you brought it up, Nancy, because this, this really became like the big issue among the uh, loyalists, the, the Mario Bravo loyalists who were, uh, you know, uh, critical of her. And she's an education consultant. She's worked with charter schools and she got some advertising help from uh, charter schools now pack an, an Austin based political action committee. Um, the, the thing I wanted to, to, to look at, cause there were, there were there's so many things, uh, his campaign, Mario's campaign in the runoff, uh, they, they sent out mailers criticizing her for, for the, uh, get, receiving money from charter schools and working with charter schools. And his supporters were, out there just basically saying that there was something sinister going on. Why doesn't she talk about this, this charter? What, what did, what did uh, the charter schools, uh, you know, what, what is this pack hoping to get from her? What is, you know, what's going on? Um, and it got really heated. And you know, the thing that, that stood out to me is, you know, city council is really not in a position where they can do <laughs> right. anything related to charter schools. Yeah, yeah. They have no control over charter school yeah. funding. They have no control over whether a charter school gets approval. That happens at the state level. The funding ultimately comes from from the state. Um, they can't do any. I mean, I've heard people saying, well, you know, they could they could turn down a zoning request. In this. I mean, when small did, potatoes. When, when does that happen? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, it's not. No, I mean, to me, the the charter school. Uh, her, you know, her support by charter school interests was, you know, it's if you're Mario Bravo and his campaign organizers, of course, you're going to use it. Mm. It is the cudgel you have at hand, particularly uh, given what's happened with public schools in the legislature sure. that just ended. So it totally makes sense. But as an issue, it doesn't make sense because you're right. It has nothing to do. The city council has almost nothing to do with yeah. education in San Antonio. However, um, you know, you could, and I don't, I don't mm. think that this isn't how, you know, Mario's supporters talked about it, but I mean, you could look at, at, um, her, her involvement with charter schools and say, okay, well, this could say something about how she treats or thinks about public services. And I mean, because it, it's essentially, it's the privatization of public education, right? And mm. you could, you could, you could extend that 
into stuff city council actually does. Mm. But I don't think, I think that's a bit of a stretch. This is the I, best, look, this is the best argument I've heard. Yeah, like, look, I acknowledge now, it. I no, no, no. I acknowledge <laughs> it's a stretch yeah. and it's not what, uh, it's not what her detractors were talking about. They were talking about this very specific thing. I'm just saying, yeah. uh, it could say something about how she thinks about public service. Yes. And, but, and I, I think that her, his campaign thought, you know, well, she doesn't have a lot of experience. That's maybe the strongest thing we've got against her. Yeah, yeah. But that's not a real, that's not, that doesn't work too well on right, a mailer. Right. So we're going to yeah. just say her values are all wrong. Yeah. So yeah, I, it, and that's, I mean, you make some good points here. I, I the one thing. You seem I, skeptical. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> you did. But you I, did. Mean, I, I just think that, that it's kind of, because people were saying, well, what, what this is going to be so damaging in San Antonio. I thought, well, how is she going to do this? And right. when did Mario Bravo in his two years ever block a charter school from, right. from, from, uh, yeah. from or even talk yeah. about charters? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's one thing. The second the second thing is um, we have uh, former council member Ray Saldana mm. uh, spent nearly three years of his time on city council working as the chief engage engagement officer for KIPP Schools, which is a charter school organization. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember any criticism there. And I, I think Ray Saldana was a great council member. And I think... Uh, and there's no question about his commitment to public schools. I mean, uh, we know that. But I'm just saying that where was the, where were these people <laughs> where when, when this was happening? And yeah. we have a, a state representative, Barbara Gervin Hawkins, who also is very committed to public yeah. education. But she uh, formed and ran uh, uh, a charter school, the Gervin Academy. And again, I I don't. And, and she's actually in a position. The state legislature actually has mm -hmm. a little more yeah. Yeah, influence yeah. over mm -hmm. school funding. So. I, I, th I thought the whole thing was really disingenuous. The last thing I wanted to say about that is that the charter schools now pack, which mm -hmm. um, basically paid for advertising. Uh, I think they had nearly $9,000 in advertising on her behalf. You know, she raised about $125,000. She did all right. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't mm -hmm. think this, because a lot of, there was a lot of stuff. She's going to be a puppet of the charter schools. She was, you know, they didn't, they didn't make or break her on this, on this one. She, she, she did well fundraising, particularly uh, after the, the general election. Um, and also, this charter schools now pack they have given to a lot of Republicans. There's no question about it. Mm -hmm. But they have also contributed to some Democrats who are ardent public school supporters, including uh, Trey Martinez Fisher, Sinfronia Thompson, uh, Carol Alvarado. So um, it's it's not. It was it was kind of. I think that they were they were using this to say she's some kind of right wing <coughs> figure. Um, and, and I think that that's kind of getting to what you were talking about, that this says right. something about her values. And so yeah, yeah. I just, I thought that it, they were, I found myself getting kind of annoyed by the way this issue was being used, and especially because it was getting so intense um, on social media. So I just wanted to say that. But not so intense that it, it mattered. It mattered. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, she still swept the floor with them. She did. So, yeah. Right. And I thought if he had a chance... Um, it was, it was, I mean, that was going to be the issue because yeah. that was, that yeah, was yeah. really what they were pushing. Uh -huh. um, went to talk a little bit about District 7, which covers the is West Side, Northwest Side District. Um, and it's a, a seat that was open because Ana Sandoval stepped down a few months ago. Mm -hmm. You had uh, Marina Alderete Gavito. She um, has, has worked with, uh, I think, SA Digital Connect. She, she was a chief engagement officer or she was chief executive officer and has now been a strategic advisor for the past few months. Mm -hmm. Dan Rossiter. Um, who's uh, who was who was running against her in the runoff? I think the big issue, the only real big issue that I saw was that he was talking about the fact that she should have stepped down from her position there because she didn't. She she did step down from chief, uh, from uh, chief executive officer, but mm -hmm. stayed stayed on uh, with the nonprofit, and he he complained about that. Um, 
you know, she's got a lot of uh, history in in the district. She's got her family mm -hmm. uh, as has been very involved in politics. I mean, did, did this seem like a pretty obvious thing? Yeah, she's gonna win? I mean, take you can take the lineage, and there they are right yeah. now. Jo Chris Alderete, who until just I believe it was in December, until then she was. A chairwoman of Port San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a big deal. That's a city appointed board. And Joe Alderete was a uh, city councilman for District 7 from the late 70s through the mid, I think it's 1984, 85. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she, she had the family background. But if you, if, if you just separate that out, she was, uh, in a, in a, we're in kind of an era of kind of really grassroots, kind of chaotic politics. Mm -hmm. Hers was a very traditional, I mean, she looked like a mainstream, yeah. competent city council candidate. And, you know, she had all of her ducks in a row. And I think, you know, it's the 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 success of that is is apparent. She's worked with yeah. USA right. Space. She's got yeah, a lot of I, business support. Yeah. She had uh some some heavy hitters uh, mm -hmm. like Nelson Wolf, uh, yeah. Justin Rodriguez, who has represented the district in the past, right. um, coming out for her. So it was, you know, I think Dan Rosser is he's he's bright. I think he's I think he's thirty two young guy. He's been very involved in various uh, <laughs> very organizations. Mm -hmm. I think he's we're going to be hearing more yeah. from him. But this was just, uh, I think it was it was pretty clear from the beginning this was yeah. going to be her yeah. seat to lose. What'll be interesting uh, with her is we'll see, you know, her her background. Is in tech, so I mean, she she worked with or she worked for uh, Rackspace Technology yeah. at USAA, which is insurance and financial services. Uh, she was involved in uh, in their their innovation program. Basically, she scouted for mm -hmm. uh, fin is called fintech financial technology startups uh, that would kind of augment what USAA does, and then she went from there too. And she was also, uh, I think, she was a founding director or member of. Uh, uh, Tech block, mm -hmm. the the trade, right. you know, the 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 uh, uh, organization backing tech in San Antonio, uh, and then she moved on to SA Digital. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I, I'll be really curious to see how that plays out on council. Like what 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 her agenda will be as far as technology in San Antonio. Yeah, and and she's talked about expanding yeah. broadband and that, yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, anything stand out to you, Nancy, about that? I mean, it didn't surprise me. I expected her to do well as well. I mean, I, I think just historically, right, <clears throat> Latinas do well in San Antonio as well in elections. And um, she's she's a solid candidate. So I think she was also um, just inducted to the San Antonio Women's Hall of Fame this last time. Mm -hmm. That was pretty recent yeah. as well. Yeah. So, And you don't get on there just for no reasons. So. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was almost inevitable. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it's like everything aligned, the bloodlines, yeah. yeah. and it just and yeah, and I think just going back to Rosler, I mean, it, I mean, for him to have won, it would have been one of those historic, uh, mm -hmm. like when Patty Rado won or Art Hall won, that you know, district when it comes to mm -hmm. to, to ethnicity. But uh, she's going to be one of the. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to see how long does it. Well, we're about to move into this next phase mm -hmm. of the discussion. That just how long she is on council. Mm -hmm. I think she really does have a, I think she's a, any politician's ambition, yeah. but I think she does have, does have a bright future. Yeah. And also and, girl power on this council. Well, I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> I, I, one thing yeah. I forgot girl to mention Latina. is that with Sukor's election, she's, I think she's the first 
woman elected in District 1 since Mary Alice Snedos, I think. Which yeah. Has been, it's been 12 years. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. I, mean, I, think, I think generally you've, you've had men in that district. I mean, I'd have to. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So um, now that we're, we've got this behind us, because we can't help but do this, we're already kind of <laughs> thinking a little bit. And, and I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I think we have good reason to maybe yeah, look ahead. I was going to say, Manny Plies made this easy. Yeah, he so. made this easy. <laughs> Manny Plies, it's been the, the worst kept secret in San Antonio uh, in over the past year or so that Manny Plies is, is very interested in running for mayor. Uh, and last week he put out uh, uh, a message to his uh, to San Antonians, basically, uh, Acknowledging that there's been some talk or asking, saying that people have been asking yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always that thing. It's, it's, it's funny. Like, I would never dream of doing this myself. <laughs> yeah, people who've been coming to me. Why yeah, me? Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. love that trope. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It's great. Um, so he, he said, you know, people are asking me. So with that in mind, I wanted to send out the survey. Tell me what your priorities are. So we can, this, let's start a conversation about the city going forward, which yeah. is like really kind of the first blast yeah. in. Actually, you could see it before. I mean, during the uh, Prop A election, like he was he was extremely out. So he was probably the most Absolutely. outspoken council member mm -hmm. against Prop A. And he he ran a full page ad in a Sunday Express News, which is not cheap, uh, just blasting yeah. Prop A. He kind of couched it as, hey, this is yeah, I represent District 8, but this is a city issue. To me, that was, uh, you know, his, he wasn't, it, it wasn't part of his district aid camp, re-election <laughs> campaign, that's for sure. Yeah, that's He right. was positioning himself in part uh, for, for the, you know, the next mayor's race, yeah. uh, the one after the, the, what was coming up. Um, and that's funny, I, like I tried to, tried to contact him for an interview, just like it never yeah. seemed to happen because he knew, he knew why I wanted to talk to him. And he's usually a pretty he, approachable he, guy. He normally is. But yeah, I think he just did not want to talk about running for mayor when he didn't even have his, his district date reelection, uh, passed yet. Sure. So, but it's, you know, this has been in the wind for, uh, geez, months, months and months. And see, and the reason I think we have a good excuse to talk this early, at least a little bit about the, the next mayor's race is that this is going to be the first open seat that we've had uh, for mayor since 2009. Um, it, and Ron Nuremberg is going to be terminated out. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if we go back to 2009, there was a sense of inevitability around Julian Castro's campaign that, mm -hmm. that time. He had lost in 2005, came back in 2009. I think probably there were people thinking of running who stayed out because he was uh, he was clearly the front runner. Uh, Trisha Berry got in kind of late, kind of the, kind of the business community candidate. But we we knew he was going to win mm -hmm. that year. So as far as a, a race that had some real uncertainty, I think we have to go back to 2005 yeah. when we had the Hardberger Castro runoff. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be a wild one like that. I mean, we're, we uh, Manny Polis looks like he's going to run. Mm -hmm. We've Melissa Cabello Haverda uh, has. I think it's. My sense is that she's very interested. Mm -hmm. I also think we're likely to see former council members and or members of the legislature. It's for Democrats in the legislature. Mm -hmm. It's a it's it's a very it's a pretty frustrating experience, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of them get burnt out um, trying to get get stuff done mm -hmm. uh, when the, the odds are really against them. And um, you know, we saw Justin Rodriguez leave the legislature. To come back to local government to uh, to serve on the commissioner's court, we saw Ina Minhadas leave the legislature uh, to run for county judge. Um, 
we could see something like that. Yeah, I think it's a possibility. It's a really good point. I mean, it, it is an exhausting time mm -hmm. in our capital and maybe they can, they feel like they'd have a better chance of making change here and mm -hmm. making more of an impact. Um, hate to lose some of those, some of those people yeah. <laughs> in the capital because we need them. But at the same time, I, maybe they could do more here. It was a really trying legisl uh, legislative session too this year. Yeah. It, it's all, and, still you know, not over. It's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I know I should yeah, yeah. what doing. What's fascinating about this race is that, um, we don't know who the candidates are going to be except for possibly, probably Manny, but you can al almost predict it's going to be a runoff. <laughs> because it's got, if you're gonna yeah. have some, you're gonna have some major names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's gonna be one of those elections where you're gonna I, have someone from the business community, a big a name that's gonna from the outside that's yeah. gonna come I mean, in. Manny's done something really interesting here, though. Um, I mean, basically everything he does uh, of any import over the next two years is gonna be looked at through the, the prism of his candidacy. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, he could. Um, my guess is he's gonna take. Uh, pretty strong positions on citywide issues. He doesn't, he's never really shied away from controversy. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I think he will uh, probably manage to get the spotlight on himself a lot over the next two years. And that's going to have an effect mm -hmm. in, you know, the next mayor's race. Well, that's but, what I was wondering too, because it's, it is a unique situation. Uh, I think, I mean, it, it will remind me a little bit of uh, the time when Ivy Taylor was mayor and everybody knew Ron Nuremberg was interested in running against her. And there mm -hmm. was that, there was that friction you could yeah, just yeah. feel mm -hmm. leading yeah. up to it, even before he, he declared. Uh -huh. And I'm thinking if you got two or possibly three or four members of city council who are thinking about running, like how, what's that dynamic they, when they're all kind well, of, and, they're plus, all kind yeah. of and plus, how do you think Nuremberg uh, feels about what, what Manny has done here? I mean, yeah. he's, mm -hmm. you know, he's heading into his final two years. Can anybody say what his, his agenda is? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of fuzzy. We don't know what's what's going to happen uh, with Ron Nierenberg over the next two years. And now you've got a council member who is openly positioning himself for the next mayor's race. And when was the last when was the last time that we had at least two sitting council members run from it? Would it be Gaza and Banwolf? No, it would have been, oh, uh, it would have Castro and, and Schubert. Schubert. Oh, Gerald Schubert. Schubert. Yeah. yeah, so it's 20 years. I keep forgetting about Schubert. But that's yeah, a long time. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I mean, and, you know, you had, you, well, I mean, you had, in 2009, you had Diane Cibrian. That's right. And yeah. Sheila McNeil. I think but Sheila I mean, McNeil was term, yeah. might have been term limited out that time. Oh, she, okay. I think so. I think, yeah. not, not Diane Cibrian, but I think she, at that point, they still, we still had. Yeah, yeah. And neither one of them were front runners. <laughs> I mean, that's like, true. No, yeah, nobody, you know, nobody really thought that they had a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's not the last that you're going to hear us talk about um, the upcoming mayor's race, but um, uh, it's just, there's going to be a lot. And I think I think it it, it would probably be useful to um, really pay close attention to um, the actions and the rhetoric of some of the council members and see you know <laughs> see what see what messages they're sending us. <laughs> um, hope everyone's doing well. Um, we really appreciate everyone listening and uh, we'll be back soon. Take care.